0: Into a quick impromptu edition of Dog Sports Live. I am Graham Coffee. Uh, this is Dog Sports Live. So normally we do our big film review show, and we will have that coming for you guys here in the next day or two. But wanted to give you guys some quick takeaways on. UGA versus Vanderbilt. So, first off, I didn't think we would see a Georgia performance more dominant than the one over UAB, but Georgia was up 35-0 with a couple minutes left in the first quarter and more than anything today, it just looked easy. Georgia looked like a number 1 team. They were dominant in the way that you've seen Alabama be dominant over the years or like old Nebraska and Miami teams of past decades. So, exciting to see from Georgia just cuz there has been games against vanderbilt under kirby smart where the dogs have kind of struggled to put to put them away a little bit uh 62 points that's what you want right i mean the the first game of 2019 when the dogs went on the road up to nashville and they were only able to put up 30 that felt a lot like a kind of harbinger of bad things to come and it was and this time around you saw georgia put up more than that in about 12 minutes of gameplay. So impressive on all fronts. JT Daniels looked even sharper than last week. There's a better velocity and touch on his passes so far this year. And I attribute that to having a fully healthy back leg to push off of. 9 of 10, 12.9 yards per an attempt. That's good explosiveness from your passing game. If you look at yards per an attempt in college football, uh, anything around 10 Is great. Anything up near eleven is superb. Anything over that is uh, astronomical. So just one game, just ten pass attempts, small sample size. Don't want to read too much into it. But twelve point nine yards is good. Uh, Lastly, with Daniels, he's just processed everything really quickly, especially since coming back from the the UAB game when he set out. When Stetson came in, he scanned through his reads a couple times on a few occasions. And with JT, you see a difference. He just sees guys coming open before they're into the passing window, and he's throwing these guys open. It's high-level stuff, and the offense moves really, really efficiently with them under center, so a lot to be excited about there. I didn't have any issue with Georgia taking him out of the game when they did. They have a roster loaded with blue-chip guys, and those guys want to play. And giving them some good game action lets the staff know what they have and it also keeps them happy in this era of the instant transfer rule. Like you got to find a way to, to let these guys contribute. I think that Stetson Bennett, you know, he's the backup right now and I know a lot of people don't like it or don't agree with it, but the reality is that the offense has moved better with him in the game than it has with, with Beck. I would like to see a little more open play calling for, for Beck or even Brock Vandegrift and see them, throw the ball a little more and just kind of find out more of what they have. But those are fan problems. Those aren't really coach problems. Those, those coaches get to watch those guys practice every day and they know what they have. It seems like, and it seems like Stetson Bennett is pretty entrenched as the number two guy right now. Uh, lab McConkie. Wow. Right. So much more wiggle than I realized. He looked great with the ball in his hands Very elusive, making guys miss in in tight spaces. But what really surprised me more than anything, because I I think we knew that he was good in kind of close quarters, and that's why Todd Monkin had been designing a lot of stuff in the screen game for him. But seeing him go back in the back corner of the end zone and high point that ball over a defensive back was impressive. And I I think he's athletic. I think Monkin is using him creatively. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see him get touches i think he's warranted that even as some of these skill guys return so uh brock bowers like might already be the best tight end in college football right if you had to pick a favorite for the mackey award right now it's probably him Uh, i don't think we've ever seen anything quite like him at uga he just is a different type of athlete and Kirby said himself at the halftime interview, they left Brock in man coverage. So he scored a touchdown and it's, it's quite, it's really that simple right now. He's too big for defensive backs. He's too fast for linebackers and he's too agile and too good of a route runner to cover with a safety. He's a matchup problem and you cannot leave him in man coverage. If you do, George is going to make you pay and him and Daniels clearly have a rapport already. So, exciting stuff there. Uh, more on him. I, I think having him on tape is a legit running threat on that end around, is going to open up some holes for running backs up the middle as we go forward. Monken has already used him in kind of that H back sniffer type role already. And now that UGA has that fake in its back pocket, some linebacker at some point is going to follow him on a, a fake end around and lose contained in the middle or or just not be gap sound and and follow him to the, the outside edge of the play and it'll probably open up a numbers advantage at the center of the defense that could allow Georgia to, to gash a big running play up the middle. So creative stuff we like to talk about that. If you're new to Dog Sports Live or haven't seen us before we we really try to give you guys an idea of how one thing sets up another. And Todd Monken is really fascinating from that standpoint because he's always kind of leaving crumbs on tape for things that we may see down the road. Um, I said last week that Jalen Carter had made the leap and he made me look smart today, right? His jump is so quick. He shoots the gap almost every down. He just also gets to the ball carrier with an attitude. So getting him back across state lines before the Nashville police department can Charge him with brutality or assault is probably a good thing because there were a couple plays today where like he really just uh, came to the ball carrier with with some anger and intention, and uh, he continues to impress. I think for my money right now, I would say despite all the talent on that defense, he may end up being the guy who uh, we see actually – drafted highest in the NFL by the time his career is over. Secondary, I, I know there was a lot of kind of hand-wringing concern about the secondary and Bulldog Nation this week, but they definitely look sharper today. Yes, it's Vandy. There's not a ton of burner-type athletes on the outside for them, but but Vanderbilt did move the ball pretty well on Stanford a week ago. Um, they only could manage 24 four yards passing today, and a lot of that's the front seven bringing pressure, and and making them get the ball out quick, but it wasn't all just the front seven bringing pressure. Uh, There were not guys that got behind the defense at any point today. I thought Ringo in particular stood out. He was in position a few times uh, to get an interception, potentially if the quarterback had had thrown the ball accurately. Um, So they'll need to keep that up next week. Arkansas is coming to town. Traylon Burks does present probably the most legit deep threat that Georgia has seen so far this year, but – I like where that unit is going. Also, Kamari Lassiter coming in. We've heard Kirby kind of brag on him throughout fall camp and throughout the first couple weeks of the season and has talked about needing to find ways to get him on the field. And the way he played that deep ball interception was beautiful. He knew he had safety help over top, came under the bottom. Also, just his hands impressed me. He played that ball like a wide receiver. So I expect to see more of him in the defensive back rotation. Um, speaking of Arkansas, I think Vanderbilt putting in Mike Wright, the backup quarterback, did UGA a huge favor. It took a series or two before, uh, the linebackers in particular and, and the D line fully adjusted to the quarterback kind of running threat there. But once they did, they were assignment sound and they'll have to replicate that next week against Arkansas. They're going to run a similar type system, uh, that kind of quarterback zone read, they want to do, you know, they want to have a guy responsible for the quarterback because it opens up run lanes, it opens up numbers advantages in the box for the offensive line. So Georgia kind of got a jump ahead on their homework for next week. That defense is just dominant right now. Uh, first team unit is the best in college football, I think, by a, a pretty sizable margin at the moment. But the thing that continues to impress is just there's not much drop off from the first teamers to the second teamers, and even some third team guys flashed today. Like MJ Sherman, when he came in, he just looks like a different type of athlete out there. He's huge, he moves quickly. Uh, he was I, I didn't know he was number eight to just be honest, and like as soon as he popped on the screen, I was on Google like who is that guy? Because he just looks like a different type of athlete, and he is so. Uh, I think we're going to see possibly him in more pass rush packages moving forward. Uh, He seems like the type of athlete that is just going to be hard to keep on the bench, but Robert Beal, all these guys, I mean, there's just so many guys right now that are getting to the quarterback and also doing a really good job in pass coverage and just playing their assignments. So, uh, whenever Georgia finds themselves in a four-quarter game, and at some point they, they will, it's going to be a huge advantage to keep having all these fresh defenders rolling in while an offense you know gets to the 50, 60, 70 snap point in a game and starts to tire out. Offensive line, I don't want to make any big statements on until I get a chance to watch the tape, but I did see some better push at times uh, from the guard position. I thought Salyer... When he was at guard with Jones at left tackle, they they looked very good on that drive, and I liked where they went with that lineup, but then we saw Broderick Jones struggle a little bit late in the game, particularly once Vandy knew that UGA was going to run on every down. He struggled to hold up in in run blocking. Uh, Pass blocking all day was phenomenal. Georgia's quarterbacks had all day to throw. Run blocking was kind of hit or miss, but I I did see some moments from Schaefer and Erickson that were – we're better than what I've seen, kind of to this point in the season, and uh, I was pretty critical of those guys last week. So credit where credit is due. I thought they looked better today, but uh, man, when Amarius Mims comes in the game, it's hard not to notice him. And uh, I again, I need to watch the film further, but part of me wonders if he might just be too good and too athletic to keep on the bench. Uh, it, it's pretty noticeable when he comes in. There starts to be a pretty big push behind him and his footwork just looks so natural that he, he really pops off the screen. Lastly, uh, Georgia is the most complete team in college football right now. Uh, Vanderbilt is bad, but they beat them 62 to nothing in a game where JT Daniels played 20 snaps. Jordan Davis played nine snaps. Uh, like Georgia has star power in a lot of places on the team, but even when that star power is not on the field, there is star power. If that makes sense. I know that's kind of contrary, but there's just so many good athletes and so many well-coached players moving around at all times, particularly on defense. That the there's a standard, and it just doesn't really drop off from player to player. So this team's going to be very, very tough to beat. Be interesting to see what Alabama does tonight against Southern Miss if they clean up some things from the Florida game last week. But uh, Georgia's got Arkansas coming to town next week depending on how the fourth quarter of this A&M Arkansas game plays out, could be a top 10 matchup, should be a good test for the dogs. Going to be really interesting. So we'll be back with our UGA Vanderbilt film review show here in the next day or two. So please tune in for that. And then we'll also be back with our Arkansas breakdown. Uh, Josh will be here with lots of advanced stats and we'll have some player grades and we'll dig very, very deep into that matchup should be a really interesting week and could be, uh, possibly the, the biggest, you know, one, not, maybe not the biggest, but one of the biggest tests left on Georgia's schedule. So big week in Athens, I'm sure everyone will be fired up. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, my name is Graham coffee. You can find me on Twitter at dog out West. Dog obviously spelled with an A and a W. And this has been Dog Sports Live. Come follow us on Twitter at Dog Sports underscore live or find us on YouTube at Dog Sports Live. Uh, So many of you have started subscribing to YouTube and also subscribing to the podcast channel. Please keep that up. We we really, really appreciate it. We appreciate your engagement. Tons of comments, tons of fun conversations we're having with you guys. Right now, our numbers are kind of doing this and the show is really taken off and that's because you guys enjoy it and you talk about it and you share it with your friends and you engage and we really 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 appreciate that so look forward to seeing you guys here in the next couple days and we'll obviously be back soon but until then enjoy the rest of your saturday lots of interesting stuff going on here in this afternoon slate auburn on the ropes a&m arkansas clemson on the ropes and Raleigh. So. and I'm going to go check that out, but thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great rest of your weekend.